Attention, holiday shoppers. There are now only 11 shopping days left until Christmas Day. Hey, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I, I think I'm going to have to interrupt you here because that's my thing. That's okay. my bag. What, what's up? Uh, I did the math, and I came up with 174 days until Christmas. 174? Oh, no. I Okay, I see what you're doing. That That's 174 days until Christmas in July. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So... Tonight, I believe we're going to have to uh, flip the script, as they say. Uh, instead of talking about a holiday film tonight, we have to talk about um, something patriotic, because tonight we're celebrating July at Christmas. So instead of talking about a holiday film tonight, we're going to talk about holiday film tonight. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'm your host for this evening, as always. And as always, here with me tonight are my co-hosts, Johnny Five. Yes. Yes, sir. And Karen York. Hello. Howdy. Uh, welcome back, Karen. Uh, we missed you last episode. I appreciate it. Yeah, we thought you were dead. And by thought we were you were dead, I mean I told everyone you were dead. Well, I mean, you tried your best to make sure it was true, but I just couldn't stay down. We, we, we couldn't stifle Karen's enthusiasm for tonight's episode. Yeah, I, I thought that show, uh, that movie Arsenic and Old Lace, that was just telling you how to murder people. And I was out of arsenic and the Old Lace didn't do anything. Old Lace is actually really soft, so I don't know what you were hoping to accomplish there. Yeah, mostly I just got really excited that I had a new, like, craft material. (laughs) Kill him with softness. So tonight, like I said, we are flipping the script. Instead of uh, Christmas, we're going to celebrate Christmas in July at Christmas. So tonight, we are discussing... um, So are we July creeps now? Christmas creeps? We we are patriot creeps. We're celebrating July at Christmas. Yes. Okay. It is July at Christmas here at Christmas Creeps, and we are watching, or we are discussing rather, um, maybe the most patriotic film that isn't really even about America. Rocky Four. No, that's totally about America. Oh, okay. We are talking about Independence Day tonight, as as you are now aware from the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't know why we have to bury the lead so much and like and build up to it. It's it's the name of the show. <clears throat> But yes, we are talking about Independence Day tonight for a, uh, actually a couple of reasons. Uh, because one, we did feel like we, you know, with the holidays coming up right kind of, you know, nipping at our heels, we wanted to uh, take a break from Christmas and maybe talk about other times of the year that we maybe neglected earlier in the year. For example, the 4th of July. And what film better encapsulates the 4th of July than Independence Day? What mm-hmm. about Born on the 4th of July? Um... Well, between the two, Born on the Fourth of July is probably one of the most depressing films of all time. Oh, okay. So we're not really about that here, unless we're talking about Christmas shoes. I was going to say. I could be wrong, but doesn't either Grown Ups or Grown Ups 2 take place on the Fourth of July? I think they both do. I'm honestly not sure. There's already a podcast about that. Yeah, we don't need to be tromping on their territory. Uh, The other reason we're talking about Independence Day tonight is to honor the passing of one Robert Loja. Uh, who, as of this recording, I think passed a week ago. Um, yeah, something like that. And uh, that happened, and also I think some other more tragic world events happened, and we decided we just needed – we were really down on America, and we needed to get up a little bit. So we said, hey, you know what? Let's talk about Independence Day. Why not? Now is the time. And if anybody would do it, uh, it would probably be somebody else. But, hey, let's do it ourselves. Who is worse qualified than us? A, a, a literal baby a literal baby so i don't know about you guys i am kind of a big fan of independence day am i crazy or am i crazy because You're... i think because y'all are giving me that weird look like i'm crazy 
you're crazy, but it just might work. Um, I don't like Will Smith too much, but he in this film or in general? In general, why not? Um, he only really seems to have like a couple of different personalities that he goes with. It's always either like I'm serious, so I'm talking softly, or I have a shit-eating grin on my face and I'm just swaggering around everywhere. I mean, he is the Fresh Prince for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is super and wacky. In this movie, he is really, he's like, he's kind of the Fresh Prince at 30, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this movie, I he didn't really bug me too much as when he decided he's a serious actor. Now, those movies just kind of like, what the fuck ever? I don't need any of those. Oh, like the, um, the Ali Pursuit of Happiness, Sarah Will Smith. Like, like the yeah, Oscar, se- the, the, seven pounds. Will Smith. Yeah, the, he can the, just uh, he can just fuck off. Oscar dead. Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of I tend to agree. I tend to stay away from the Will Smith that's uh, playing it serious because he's honestly he's he's too much fun to be so serious. And when he tries to be serious, it kind of falls flat. So I I'm, I'm with you there. I just yeah. had a really horrible thought. Okay. About like why the Karate Kid remake exists and why that... I, I could have sworn, by the way, that that Annie remake had Willow Smith and I'm guessing she was just too old to be in it because Will Smith totally, like, is the reason that Annie remake exists with... Name I can't pronounce, it's, Wallace. It's the girl from Beasts of the Southern Wild and yeah. that's actually why because if she hadn't been, like, the big breakout star that, that year and, like, if she hadn't been in the Oscar race, nobody would have even remembered her to put her in that movie. But I just get the feeling that he's, like... That Jaden at one point said he liked the Karate Kid and Will Smith was like, for Christmas, I bought you a Karate Kid to be in. He probably did. I mean, that's kind of why he he basically forced his kid to be in After Earth, like against his will. That sucks. It it does. The movie and the situation. And the joke. And Yeah, I'm sorry. The, that I just talked <laughs> over. I'm so sorry. Um. But Will Smith is is one part of a much larger tapestry here with Independence Day. Now, is there anybody in the world who doesn't know what Independence Day is? I feel like this is kind of well, a, it's, it's, a, a literal it's actual the, baby. It's the it's on July fourth. Not the holiday. God, did you guys like crawl out of a rock this week or something? No, we live in America. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Where the fuck would we crawl to? Out of a rock. Oh, look, Iran's right there. Syria. All fucking hostile territory, right? Maybe. This has we're, been politics talk. We're not. We're not here to talk politics. We're here to talk movie politics. So, um, the point I'm getting at is, do we have to explain the plot of Independence Day? I, th- I think we do. This. Okay. We have to realize how old we are compared yeah. to how old other people might be this movie is almost 20 years old which makes me feel like a dinosaur yeah same and i know this came out when i like right before right before i was i turned 10 mm-hmm. so i was i was right at that right age where like i you saw this on the big screen and it just kind of it took over my life for that summer uh in a in a in a, in a season before star wars became huge again so I found out the reason why Joe loves Independence Day. Uh oh. <laughs> it's be- because you were a kid. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that it's that same thing that that they always say about like Weird Al or comic books. Like whatever your favorite thing is is whatever your favorite thing was. When right. You were 10. No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. The 
I think the, the only time that I've ever seen it besides watching it tonight was in, when I was in like high school. So oh, really? Yeah, around like maybe like 2000 or so. Okay. This was on my late 90s VHS rotation, so I've seen it several times. Yeah, I if you held a gun to my head, I could probably quote it word for word, but I wouldn't want to. Um so yeah, and it it is definitely one of those movies that I have memorized backwards and forwards just kind of because, not because I am actually like a, a super fan that has my own uh Area 51 room or anything, but you know. The way you say that. <laughs> The Area 51 stuff really dates this movie so hardcore. It really does, and we can talk about that later. But yeah, um, so I mean, more than like just the lack of cell phones or internet, the the Area 51 talk is what really is like. Oh, this came out in the mid 90s. Yeah. the The major thing that bugs me about Area 51, we'll just we can get into this later, but I just want to say this now so I don't forget it. The thing that bugs me in this movie about Area 51 is that it has a fully functional hospital. I don't know why that bugs me, but it does. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's a tiny military base, or it should be. Well, yeah, but it's like state-of-the-art, like top secret. Here's the thing. So they have like a locked door that leads a staircase down to another locked door. And like, oh, we can't go through here. We're going to go through decontamination. Why is that staircase not decam- decontamination? I do not know, because they do not entertain visitors, I think. Except when they like tromp through an entire like plane load of people. Except when the president says, fuck you, let me in. Yeah. Let me bring my kid down here. Yeah. That was the smuggest president ever, too. Well, he earned it. Yeah. Let me fucking be a hero and fly a plane. So, let's talk plot for a minute. That's 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 on you. You suggested this. Okay. I cannot tell a lie. Um, Independence Day. Man, super patriotic. I know, right? Independence Day is the movie that takes place, guess what? At Independence Day, or, or there are about... Aliens show up on July 2nd. The movie takes place in three acts, uh, July 2nd to July 3rd, 4th. <laughs> yes. In the first act, July 2nd, the aliens show up, and we're introduced to every single one of our cast of characters from all around the world, all around the country, as the aliens show up and everyone's reacting and panicking and whatnot. We have the President of the United States, who's played by... Uh, Bill Pullman. Bill Pax Pullman. Mm-hmm. The other one. Okay. Bill Pullman, who is like this super hippie pacifist president that everyone calls kind of, everyone refers to as kind of a weak piece of shit, Lewis. You right. misnumber that a little bit. They call him that because he is a babby president. Yeah. Right. Because apparently, like six years prior, he was in the fucking Air Force. Right. I mean, his his history is that he like was a fighter pilot, but that he kind young. of gave that up and became yeah, quote unquote a pacifist. Yeah, I don't understand how that kind of works. Like, so he was in the Gulf War in ninety ninety one, probably. And then is president by 96. That's... Unless he enlisted, unless, like, really late in life. Unless he was a fucking general, that's not happening. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, like, the shortest political career or, ever. Or unless he was in Vietnam at the tail end of Vietnam and was, like... Oh, he's supposed to... No, he's supposed to be a Gulf War. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They specified that he was a fighter pilot in Gulf War, and then four years later, he's president. It's Randy Quaid that was in Vietnam. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because this guy is, like, too young looking to have been in Vietnam. So President Whitmore is sort of the the young babby president that no one respects, and his daughter is Egg. His daughter is Egg. Yes, mm-hmm. it's uh, May Whitman from Indi- from it's it's May Whitman from Independence Day. <laughs> is in this movie from Arrested Development, and apparently she was not invited back for the sequel, which is kind of a shame. But whatever. speaking of the sequel, when is the sequel supposed to take place? Because Bill Pullman is totally still playing the president. I think it's supposed to be like twenty years to the day, basically. 
Is this some like Watchmen shit where like, hey, it's his fifth term as president? No, I I was looking around on Wikipedia and like I saw a credit as like former president Whitman. Or oh, I saw Whit- credit Whitmore. on IMDb as president. Yeah. Well, once a president, always a president. Yeah. Really. I guess. Yeah, like you know, President Carter is President Carter. You know, uh, Presidents Bush or Presidents Bush. He's Coach Carter. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. probably a coach. Baseball, probably. <laughs> So you got Whitmore, then you, then they cut to New York City, and you meet uh, Jeff Goldblum, whose character's name is David, I think. Yeah, Levinson, I think. Levinson, yeah. yes. And he's like a super genius, but he happens to work at the cable company in New York City. Yeah, yes. is it, this is something I didn't re- I didn't realize about like what was going on. He went to MIT. Yes. He was working for the cable company. His dad kept calling him. A, his dad kept calling him a repairman. But what he actually did was build, program, and maintain the satellites. Right. He's he's sort of a back-end technician. It kind of bugged me about... I don't. I guess they just felt like they needed to have someone in New York at the beginning of the movie. But they showed him having this, like, big, like... Not not even that tall of a building. Like, a relatively short building for Manhattan. in the Literally, like, on Central Park North. With, like, five or six satellites on the roof. What the fuck are those satellites going to hit other than the buildings next to it? Yeah, pretty... <laughs> I mean, I... The only thing I can think of is that the cable company is actually operating out of an apartment building, and those those satellites are actually just the the satellites of of the residents downstairs. Yeah, this is ninety. Yeah. Someone had Prime Star. Yeah. It, well, it's it's further uh, shows how professional it is when um when they're evacuating and everyone's like panicking and someone's like, I heard there's a bomb. There's an old bomb shelter downstairs. Let's all go down there. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, don't you know what what's in the basement of your company? Like, is this not something that's maintained? Or maybe they just moved in. I maybe know. I don't know. It's it's post Cold War. Who who fucking knows? Yeah, it's it's the movie is very post Cold War, but yeah, because it, it's it's all about uh, sort of like bringing bringing all the peoples of the world together. Speaking of which, this takes up. place in '96. Yes. At one point, when they're watching the news, it totally says Soviet Central News. It does. Yeah, it really. I, I think. And I, I want to say that it's the president's like direct feed to like secret news organizations in Russia. <laughs> Just imagining the scene from The Simpsons where he pushes the button and the Russia sign flips back to Soviet Union. <laughs> God. So okay, you got David in New York who is is figuring out like why the TV signals are all scrambled because he's the TV guy. It's literally his job to figure it out, and he does figure it out. And good you, for him. Good for him. That's what you. That's what we pay you for, dipshit. Um, damn. And also, we meet his dad, who is there's really nothing to say about his dad except it's Judd Hirsch, and he plays Judd Hirsch. And um, I was like, "Who's this Harvey Firestein sounding motherfucker who's working with uh, Jeff Goldblum?" And it is Harvey it, Firestein. In, it is in fact Harvey Firestein. Who the only thing I can think of is they got him to be in this movie because they realized they needed a gay character. So if you if you need a gay character in the, and it's 1996 you get Harvey Firestein. Yeah, cuz yeah. Cuz it's the 90s and it's starting to become a thing. Because hey man, yeah. So we've got, we we established New York, then we move to what? LA and we meet Will Smith and his family. Will Smith is sort of the the stepfather of this little kid and his and his uh almost fiance is a stripper. She's Vivica Fox. Yep, and he's trying to get into NASA so that he can fly space shuttles. But I have yeah. to, time he's a fighter pilot. I have to say, I was actually kind of surprised when they showed her stripping. She was actually wearing like skimpy clothes. It wasn't some like sucker punch bullshit of like she's wearing almost a burka while stripping. Oh, like she's, well, that's she's an exaggeration. Like, like, like but... sexy, modest, and, and and instead she's wearing like actual 
She's wearing things in actual like. Right. She's wearing like yeah. She's wearing like like, shit. Actual costume. Yeah, like it's it's super super skimpy. Like you know, Mm -hmm. it's like a fucking thong, and like boobs are spilling out and stuff. And also, the one scene that we see her actually dancing is like the most awkward half-ass dance ever. Well, it was obvious. It was obviously a Monday afternoon. Yeah, and she didn't give a shit. And also, there's aliens, so everyone's watching the news and not her. Yeah. So I get that, but still, like the the movie lingers on her dancing, and it's just like a half-ass like. It's kind of like the scene in Kill Bill 2 where he comes in late for work and he's just like, there's no one there is why he came in late for work. It was basically the the strip club was just as busy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then her co-workers backstage just like making a a welcome sign for the aliens. Her her co-workers are totally into the aliens and they're going to go visit and meet them. But uh, yeah. Okay. Wait. When What's... when it lingered right on that one woman who was like leading up the spaceship before it got she got blown the fuck up. Was that her coworker? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's it why it was lingering on her. Okay. Because we saw her earlier, and we see that she's about to be extremely vaporized. So we got New York, we got DC, and we got Washington. That's pretty much. Oh, then we and then we've got Randy Quaid and his stupid family. In middle of nowhere or something rather. I, I think they're supposed to be in California, but I'm not sure. But basically, Randy Quaid's a crop duster, drunk-ass crop duster who... He's a uh, former Vietnam pilot. Former Vietnam pilot, supposed uh, alien abductee, and And he has three... He has three Mexican children. What are revealed in a deleted scene where one of the kids like, you're not my real dad, you're you're just the guy my mom married, so they're his stepkids. And, yeah, they basically don't really have a story in the movie, except that that they're kind of a broken family and he's kind of a fuck-up. Right. But all these these disparate elements come together at the end uh, when everyone has to team up to fight the aliens. And the point of describing all these characters one by one is is to is because like that's kind of the point of the movie is that it's all about people from all over the country with different backgrounds and different problems and different, you know, issues uh, coming together to solve a problem. Yep. And Independence Day is sort of in that grand tradition of. Um, like 70s disaster movies like the towering inferno or the poseidon adventure where it's a really ridiculous stupid situation with a way too much money and they're just gonna solve the problem yeah yeah i actually did like the scene about like two-thirds of the way through the movie where it just shows like basically everyone who has who has like an air force in the middle east was just all hiding in one corner of the desert yeah so you had the you had the Israelis and you had the Palestinians and I think you had the Iraqis. Yeah, all just kind of in the same spot. And a couple of British guys, just because why not? But just, but they're all like staring at each other from across the the airfield. Yeah, and I actually read something where that movie was banned in Lebanon because of the scene where the Iraqi pilots and the Israeli pilots were being nice to each other. Oh God, why am I not surprised? So at the end of day one, as David rightly deduces, the aliens attack. And they fire their space lasers. They're like it's basically like a nuclear weapon. Can we talk about how he how he finds out that they're attacking? Yes, tell us about that. He like starts looking at the printouts of all the interference, whatever, and he realizes it's getting shorter. And doesn't he realize it's in binary? Or... Yeah, it's all zeros and ones. Yeah, he realizes it's in binary, and the fact that it's getting shorter means that whatever number they're counting to is getting smaller. And he realizes it's the countdown to something. And when you have spaceships over New York. DC, LA, London, Berlin, you start to realize they're probably going to start blowing shit up. Yeah, it doesn't take him too long to figure that out. And it takes him even less time to drive from New York to Washington to tell the president. Yeah, who? And his ex wife. Yeah, his ex wife, which is the president's advisor. She's like press secretary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
uh, the, he apparently actually knows i guess they know each other from college or he talked about one time he punched the president yeah she his, his ex-wife mentions that before whitmore was president they got into a fist fight because david assumed that they the two of them were having an affair which apparently was not true but uh you look at the two of them and you can't help but imagine (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he runs off to go tell the president hey people are attacking because he tries calling her a couple times and she's just like you know i'm busy i'm working and hangs up on him right so he gets his dad to drive him to new york no to to dc yeah they're literally the only people in town trying to get in everyone's streaming out like like uh gridlock on the highways with the giant spaceship kind of looming in the background but they're just like the one car on the highway going yep and uh so at the end of the countdown, boom, shit happens. All the spaceships blow everything up. And it and it kind of fades out, fades to black, right as uh, Vivica Fox and her little boy and their dog improbably jump into a closet of some kind. It was like a, an access tunnel. An access tunnel. And yeah. are spared from the fiery doom that awaits yeah. them outside. I'm sorry, did you say spared? Because I think what you meant was died because all of the air around them vaporized and they just breathed in pure fucking fire. Because that's how fire works. So, okay. So, by that logic, this the, the last two-thirds of this movie are like a fever dream before death. This is Jacob's Ladder, yeah. Oh, okay. See, this makes all of the improbable things that happen next a lot more plausible. So, about that scene, too, I, I was just so, like, I was bitching about it when we were watching it <laughs> at home. Uh, I, I was, yeah i was yelling at the fucking at jonathan at the screen the, the dog just like stands there until she calls it when the fucking fireball is rolling through the tunnel yeah because apparently a fucking animal has no sense of self-preservation unless its goddamn owner calls calls it, it says so what the fuck i yeah i don't know i they didn't need, they, and they still didn't need to like have a shot of the dog like jumping from the ball of fire. Yeah, like because it thing. was. Yeah, I was gonna say that too because like you could see the outline around the dog. It was just so like, like wavy looking. Holy and, shit, we gotta save that cat. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's the terrible. the CGI is kind of just whatever. It's passable. It was super bad in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like it's clear they just put a screen behind that fucking doorway. Well, Independence Day is kind of at a weird moment in uh, in CGI where they're still using a shitload of models, so they have to just use the CGI to patch things over, and that's just one of those uh, unfortunate side effects, I guess. That well, we have to we need so we need a dog to jump away from a ball of fire, but we can't endanger the dog by just making it jump from a ball of fire. So what do we do? Well, what guy in a dog suit? Man, yeah, guy in a dog suit. Just put a bunch of put a bunch of white dots on Andy Serkis. Is he around yet? <laughs> He'll do it. He'll give the dog a voice too, and he'll win an Oscar. It'll be great. It'll be perfect. And then he'll finally get his father's respect. <laughs> Name it Dogum. And maybe his father will finally put him in the comic. Aw. Yeah, there, yeah, there's 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 no Andy Serkis family circus. It's just it's just Billy, PJ Dolly, and that piece of shit Jeffy. Oh. Oh, so, so so you think Jeffy's last name is actually Circus? Yeah. Okay. That's why it's called Family Circus. And Andy Circus got left with a comment because his dad hates him. <laughs> because he's more talented than all the rest of them put together. Hey, you seen Billy's fucking comics? Oh, they're atrocious. They're like proof that Jesus died in vain. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have gone that far, but fair enough. Fair point. <laughs> so day two happens. Day two on July 3rd. And this is the day where we're we try to fight back and realize we can't. 
that's pretty much all that happens on day two. Yeah, they yeah. shoot missiles at the spaceship and then bounce off the shields. And then how does Will Smith take down a fighter? Does he just crash his plane into it? Okay, so no. after a long protracted fight, uh, uh, battle scene where nothing happens, uh, Will Smith leads one of them into the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. because that is near Los Angeles, apparently. Because remember what uh, remember what I said when we were watching it that it was a fucking pod race. Oh yeah, it is a pod race. Oh my god. Yeah. So Will Smith totally kills Sebulba and takes him to Area Fifty One. Yes. <laughs> no, he he leads us. He leads an alien spaceship yeah, he, into the Grand Canyon and like forces it to crash, like through the rim of the canyon. Basically. Yeah. He, yeah. He uh, deploys his uh, his um parachute thing to slow down on it mm-hmm. and then he ejected out and so he it ejaculated like, yeah so it was like blinded and his ship and it it crashed and he just like floated down somewhere yeah and then he runs over the spaceship opens it up and punches the fuck out of the alien mm-hmm. and does not say welcome to earth he says welcome to earth yeah, then, he, then he puts a big fucking honking cigar in his mouth and then just mumbles around it for a while and he said another one later. What was that's it? That's what I call a close encounter. Yeah, yeah which, that, that's it. That, that's like the which, line. Yeah, that was around the fucking cigar. <clears> so <throat> if you wanted to confuse his voice of why he was not speaking clearly, I would say that. But right. He did say welcome to Earth pretty clearly, though. So here, here is sort of the uh, the timeline for this part of the story. Will Smith and his fighter dudes, also Harry Connick Jr., rest in peace, uh, they have their battle with the spaceship in Los Angeles. Will Smith leads one of the ships through the Grand Canyon and crashes it near the Grand Canyon. Then he walks it to Area 51. Yeah, he he starts walking to Nevada and... Winds up in the salt flats of, where's that, Utah? Yeah, and then on top of that, Randy Quaid is driving from California? I assume it's California. To Nevada via Arizona and Utah. Yeah, with all of the other... Well, like, he, he's, dr- he's, he's drunk, I guess, so... So that makes sense. And he's apparently leading all the RV drivers. I was going to say, they have like a whole like caravan. Yeah. And he's he's bringing his uh, biplane for, for God knows what reason. Because well, he'll need it. He'll, he'll need it later. He will need it that's later. where he keeps his booze. Yes. In the in the, the, the foot compartment. Yeah. So um, they meet Will Smith on the salt flats yeah. of wherever that is. Which Utah, yeah. Nevada. I mean, it's kind of just the general Groom Lake area. Yeah, he's yeah. dragging a xenomorph in a parachute. Yeah, and so Will Smith tells him, "Hey, let's go to that airbase that I saw." And Randy Quaid pulls out his map, which is not a map of Nevada, by the way. <laughs> and he says, "I didn't see it here. No shit, it's not a map of Nevada." <laughs> Get yourself a new map, David Spade. <laughs> And they take the alien to Area 51. Now, while this is happening, all of the the president and all of the president's men and women are at Area 51, and they're getting a lesson from... Yeah, they outran the fireball in, on Air Force One, because Air Force One does that. Yes. Air Force One is a super, has superpowers. Yeah, well, that's why it gets to be the president's plane. Mm-hmm. That's why it's Air Force One and not Air Force 23B. Yeah. But anyway, they get to Area 51, and who do we meet at Area 51? Uh, data. Data. Yeah. Yes. And the Dr. Bra- data. Brackish Oaken. Brackish Oaken. Which I, I had to look up what the fuck that name was about. And apparently half the characters in this movie are just named after people Roland and Emmerich worked on with Stargate and just they annoyed him. So he named characters after them in Independence Day. So so they're named after shitty Stargate cast or crew members? Something like that. Yeah. Like Oaken is someone he worked with on Stargate and the Secretary of Defense, whose name I forget. Nimziki. Nimziki. Yeah. That's another person he worked with on Stargate. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a couple others too listed in like IMDb trivia. Yeah, I saw that because um, spoiler alert, like later on when the when uh, the Secretary of Defense gets fired, apparently that was uh, like lampooning real life events or something of the his namesake. Yeah, <clears throat> but I just want to talk about Area 51 for a minute here. So yeah, let, let's talk about Area 51. And why I okay. said that was dated. Because in 2005, someone put in a Freedom of Information Act request for anything about Area 51. And what they got in 2013, finally, because that's that's how the government works, it takes eight years, is that there is an extension of Edwards Air Force Base at Groom Lake. Yes. And it is just a big runway that's basically used to test out spy planes. Makes sense. And there is like a single CIA document from the 70s that called that place Area 51. And that name, as far as I can tell, is just a joke because like the Atomic Energy, Atomic Energy Commission called the area next to it Area 15. So oh, it's just, so they, they, just, they just decided they were Area 51 because they were next to it. Yeah. Okay. Well... And, you know, it, Area 51 isn't a secret anymore, and that's – so that's what I'm talking about. It's so dated of, like – Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an open secret now, and this movie is kind of part of the reason why. Because uh, – and I, I remember reading when they made this movie, they had to get, like, a lot of government clearances to even mention Area 51. And the government turned them all down when they realized, you're going to have Area 51? Fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. So um, – I, I don't know if in the original version or the original script they they knew what Area 51 kind of looked like and made assumptions about it. So all the weird shit we see in the movie is almost 100% like wacky, wacky assertions of like what the fuck is down there in Area 51. We have a hangar bay and we have a full scale hospital. We have, yeah. the, the, we have the Yavin 4 control room. Yeah. <laughs> and we have the secret vault for dead people. Yes. <laughs> Is that where they keep Disney? I think so. Like the fourth tube that they didn't show you, that was Disney. Yeah, they go into the the bowels of Area Fifty One, and Doctor Oaken's like, "Yeah, come and look at the freak show." And it's just all the, it's all the aliens that crash landed at Roswell. Three dead aliens right? from the dead, from the crash at Roswell, which someone says when the, was in the fifties. Nineteen forty seven is not in the fifties script. Well, culturally, basically, it was the fifties. Close enough. But yeah, they have that, and they have that spaceship which they've been apparently working on for the past sixty years, but it's not done anything until like the day the aliens showed up. Though they said right, because apparently the aliens, the aliens apparently work on like uh, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi technology. Yeah, and so like the power transference crap or whatever. I don't know. They didn't. They don't explain it. It is not important. The mothership was calling to it. Yeah. And when when the ship like activates later on and it starts making all of its own like little noises and sounds like it's like it's a puppy that's like howling because all of a sudden oh it gets to be it gets to be outside and and run Aww. and play like the the spaceship starts like yeah. cooing and shit it's weird <laughs> it's the cutest but there's a scene in the uh, extended version of the movie where the Oaken takes David into the spaceship to show him like all the stuff that's going that's in there. Have you did y'all watch this? No, we didn't watch mm-hmm. the extended version. Okay. Uh, there's a scene in there where he t- that he takes him in there and he's like, "Yeah, this this is where they sat, and here's a thing there." And he like pulls on one of the seats and like a piece pa- falls off, and he's like, "Oh shit, that's nothing probably." <laughs> and he shows him the the dash like the dashboard, and he says, "To be fair, to be perfectly frank, we don't know what most of this crap does." And David's like, opens up his, la- his laptop up and just he's goes, like, "It's a Unix system. I know this." <laughs> Yeah, like here's here's they're they're trans they're uh, transferring with their server, and here's all the blah blah blah. And Oaken just gives him this look like you motherfucker. 
And he literally says, you're making us look bad. <laughs> so you just needed, like, a computer science major down here the entire time. Basically, you, you needed a uh, an Apple genius. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. That's the big thing that everyone remembers about Independence Day is that... Uh, the, the, His fucking, the big... like, dark day, dark ages Apple laptop. Yeah. Like, pre-OS ten. Like, the, the big, it's not even, a, the big twist or whatever in the in the movie is that David's Apple laptop can connect with the alien computer system oh, and bring yeah. it down. Well, I mean, Which, it, it does all kinds of shit. Yeah, I mean, David's kind of odd. Yeah, he has a, he has a mini disc that has every phone book in America on it. Right. Which I guess was a thing back in the 90s. Like, they used to have CD-ROMs. Phone books? Yeah, phone books were a thing. Well, CD-ROM phone books. <laughs> They used to have CD-ROMs for fucking everything back in the 90s, so yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, Encarta. Um, My favorite part about Encarta was there was a little game on it that was basically, it would ask you mundane trivia questions. I loved that But game. it was like some weird, like... Was it the, the like, the medium dungeon? Medium fantasy dungeon yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, and it was all shit that you would only know if you had been, like, clicking around Encarta. Yeah. God damn, yeah. I used to play that all the time. I played it all the time, and I was always afraid that something was going to pop out at me as I went through that maze. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get to the end of the maze. I think I got up to like level like 60 or 70-something, and it just oh, gave God. me more maze. <laughs> so it just randomly generates maze? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of genius, actually. Yeah, so the, the first like procedurally generated something, something. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. But the whole, the whole Apple thing in Independence Day, I always thought explained itself away pretty easily because in my mind like we reverse engineered all of our tech from the crashed spaceship so in in some back ass words way the apple computers were like natural extensions of the alien technology those aliens did kind of look like steve jobs a little bit the little ones the, the like the real frail ones Ugh, i'm sorry <laughs> that's terrible I mean, what the fuck's going on with Apple? The now, aliens though? don't even have mouths, so how how can they even be fruitarians? Like, what's going on with Apple though now? Like, what the fuck? Um, like, Apple hey, is sitting on their giant Scrooge McDuck pile of money and saying, "Fuck you, everybody else." Yeah, they're just like, "Hey, look at this bad decision we made." Remember our phone that's nice and flat? You know, now it now it has a bump on it from the camera. Enjoy. Hey, you know this new pen, this new pencil thing we got for our tablet? When you want to charge it, you stick it in the end of the tablet and make a like a protest sign is it good luck not breaking it <laughs> is it apple that has the 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 pencil that like comes separate with the tablet or is that microsoft the the ipad the ipad pro the little tablet the pencil thing comes with it to charge it you have to plug the end of the pencil into the lightning port so it just hangs off the side of the tablet and you can't use the tablet while it's charging basically otherwise you'll break the fucking pencil but you have to buy that separate from the ipad right oh probably yeah both of those are terrible uh, choices. What, the iPad without a pencil or the iPad with a pencil? Well, the buying the pencil separately and also the the way you have to charge it oh, is that, a really yeah, awful yeah. design decision. And that fucking mouse where the way you charge it is turn the mouse <laughs> upside down and plug a lightning cable into the bottom of it. Because no one's ever figured out how to put a cord on the top of a mouse before. Corded mouses, that's like a baby's toy. Shut the fuck up, Elijah Wood. <laughs> uh, so back to Independence Day. What do they decide? No, they decide to cut open the alien, which totally isn't dead. It's just unconscious. But they decide to do an autopsy anyway. Right. Which Even, that makes it a biopsy, though, doesn't it? I guess that would. But here's here's the thing about the the. I guess it's an autopsy biopsy. Here's the thing about that. 
dropsy. <laughs> they apparently have not done an autopsy like this in like 30 years. Well, they've not had too many aliens to work with. Right. So how does Oaken know what to do? I don't think he does. I think he just knows how to cut stuff open. He barely does that. Did you see how much he was like shaking when he was trying to cut that thing? Oh, yeah. Like what the fuck kind of scientist is he? Apparently not a very good one. A mad he's, one? He's He constantly uses language like put the thingy in here and, yeah. and give me that thing and whatever this is. Oh, my and God. Yeah. He he tells the president they don't let him out much, and oh god, I believe it because he does he does not know his shit. No, no sir. Apparently, he's gonna be in the sequel. That's what I've heard. Yeah, they it's it's a kind of a. This is even back in '99 when they were talking about making a sequel. They said the first two things that would happen would be like aliens showing up again and Doctor Oaken waking up from a coma that he totally wasn't instead of dying. I mean, I kind of, I kind of buy it because you never really see the alien like kill him. Yeah, yeah. it just kind of takes him over for a minute or two and then drops him. I mean, I mean, I understand. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, is this is this is not a oh, this has been a plan. You're, you're saying is like of all the things they could prioritize, that was the thing. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> and this was like a from Jump Street thing too. They wanted Brent Spiner to be in this movie sequel. We want to be in the Brent Brent Spiner business. Renting is my business, and business is kind of slow right now. Mm-hmm. He's big. He's big into Twitter, though. It reminds me about twin, like the Twin Peaks season three thing. When they were originally talking about that, what David Lynch wanted to do was resolve all of the plot points from tw- season two that were left as cliffhangers in the cold open. Have the title sequence, then have a card that said fifteen years later, and just do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> I like so it. Just resolve everything and then just move forward. Like yeah, that. yeah. Might as like well. It. So if they did that with Independence Day, they would. It would. You would. Know, be 20 years later but then in that first scene that first scene basically has to be about well how the fuck do we clean up 15 mile wide spaceships because they're everywhere now yeah um at the end of the movie um i i i have this problem with like every destruction fucking movie like this like everyone is all excited when they you know beat the big bad and everything but basically all the like great infrastructure and of the fucking country and around the world has been destroyed yeah, it's like, like enjoy Des Moines being the new cultural center of America because that's the only thing not got fucking blown up. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, much. what well, what do you do now? Like, you're gonna have to rebuild your society. Like, the, the aliens either have like they either have their priorities straight or they have fucked up priorities because it took them how long to get to Houston, Texas? Like, because they've been going through like the major true. cities, and then when they decide to nuke the aliens, they're like, oh, which which city hasn't been nuked yet? Oh, yeah, totally Houston. Yeah, they should have gone to Houston and, like, fucking, like... is Houston, uh, like, the fattest city in America? Well, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, fucking, like, uh... Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, uh, space control. They should have gone straight to Houston. Mm, yeah, planet and Houston. Yeah, Houston absolutely. and, uh, fucking, uh, like, Cape Canaveral. Yeah, like, you know. knock out our, our fucking, like, special ops. <clears throat> These aliens are dumber than General Zod. Mm-hmm. It's like the first thing you do on a football game is you try to take out the opposing team's kicker. That's that's like, how you play football, right? Is, you you is kill that, the opposing team's kicker? I think so. Maybe if you're playing like mutant league football, <laughs> I would. <laughs> you you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Totally. All right. Also, is that how they were like sending things to space that they kick them? Like, is that mm-hmm. how they the spaceships go up? I guess. Damn. I don't know. The the first scene of Independence Day 2 would be a hell of a long scene because I don't know about anybody else listening out there, but last, you know, last uh, winter, 
it took our city six months to clean up all the the dead tree limbs and shit that all the ice storms had had knocked down. Yeah, six months for trees. So a fifteen mile wide city spaceship in the, and uh thirty of them. Right. It's it, it it might take twenty years. Yeah. Plus all the fucking debris of everything that got destroyed. Plus all the dead bodies of all the fucking people that got killed. Plus all of the radioactive shit that's falling out from space. Yeah. I, I would imagine the sequel would start with someone building a big bulldozer factory in the Midwest and just making the ocean quite a bit smaller. Probably. And and whoever whoever that is would be the human villain of the film. He would basically be Lex Luthor. Because Lex Luthor's whole deal is like finding out the job that nobody else wants and being like the super, the super Bill Gates of it. I mean, this sounds like a pretty, pretty sweet gig to me. I guess. Why oh, not? or maybe, maybe, maybe Lex Luthor's plan in this movie would be to take all of the alien spaceships and move them out to the Pacific Ocean and make like Lutherland. His <laughs> favorite theme park. It, all of the Superman movies hinge around Lex Luthor making his own continent, and I can never remember what the name of it is. I was gonna say just fucking like you know scrape it all together and and secure it all so you have like fucking trash island you should just call it lexington (laughs) (laughs) beautiful then then we would have a perfect segue into um the the final battle of the film that takes place on the battle of lexington and it would be it would be very patriotic indeed yeah i don't think uh i don't think independence day 2 is is subtitled revolution but oh it should be what was what is it actually subtitled i think it's resurgence yeah, so it's a sequel to Divergent. Yes, they they love picking these really crappy thesaurus words for sequel titles. Man, I like your idea so much better, Joe. I'm really disappointed now that that's not going to happen. It wouldn't even have anything to do with the aliens. It would just be a Superman movie without Superman. <laughs> right, but the whole fucking Independence Day angle, and there'd be like some fucking you know callbacks to the revolution and shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. The movie's basically called Independence Day Two. Oh no, they're more aliens. Pretty much. Um, I, th- I think the plan is to make it about, like, the war against the aliens that still that survived all those crashes. But I'm not sure. The, I, I, that, that just sounds like the laziest option. The elevator pitch I heard was that, like, before the aliens all got blown the fuck up, they sent out, like, a distress call to the rest of the aliens. I think that's bullshit because isn't the whole civilization supposed to be in that? In that vessel, I don't know. Like I said, it was just kind of an elevator pitch. I, this is the thing from like in the th- same thing I was th- saw about Doctor Oaken waking up from a coma. Oh, okay. This is like the same thing. So the same 1999 article. So the original Independence Day. How much is this movie really like actually just about uh, like the American fear of uh, aliens, like, quote unquote aliens? Yeah, <laughs> I, it, totally. Like 100. percent I mean. <laughs> Like, and I thought you were going to ask the, the question we always ask about Christmas movies, which is how much does this movie actually have to do with America? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in oh that, but no. 100%. Yeah, like, uh, again, 100%. Yeah. What What's the real big bad here that, that we're looking at for the time period? In 96? Yeah. In 96, it would have been, uh, it wouldn't have been like, um, like Islamic terrorists yet. It would have been we're still mad at the Soviets. It, yeah, it yeah, would, so, it would have been like sl- Soviet sleepers or um, well, Slobodan Milosevic, maybe. Yeah, like ethnic cleanse. It would have been like ethnic cleansing in Eastern Europe. 
And what are the aliens doing if not like just cleansing the earth of humans? Yeah. Okay. So okay. So we're we're it's, this is a movie about Kosovo. Basically. Pretty yeah, much. I mean, did we ever really get a any reason that the aliens were just blowing shit up? I think Whitmore said that their that like their whole thing is that they go from planet to planet, consume everything, and then consume everything again. Yeah, the thing I remember mm-hmm. hearing from Oaken was that they had similar like heat and light and cold tolerances as humans. So his thought was just, oh, they just want Labans around, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, they don't really get into like why. It's just the aliens are evil because they're aliens. Right. I mean, yeah. when, when the one alien like brain melts with the president, the president like sees their plan, which apparently is to just wipe everybody out, eat eat, eat the Earth resources, yeah. and then do it again to someplace else. So they don't really have much of a plan except that they're evil because they want to kill everything. The the president saw the uh, the Prothean beacon. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I mean, he, he yeah. says they're like locusts, and like that's exactly what like they're like a plague of locusts, except they have lasers. Right. But yeah, just like watching the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's you know super obvious like stuff like that. You know, that's always an allegory. It's it's a uh, you know it's an illusion. Which to it makes me wonder because when he when shit. he refers to them as like as a plague of locusts, that immediately makes me think of like <clears throat> uh, Exodus and right david's david's dad is like super super you know old school hebrew yeah is there any kind of like religious connection there maybe maybe can we can we work this into christmas i don't think we can but can... <laughs> well, we can if we're going like fucking jewish well i mean there's only <laughs> we a couple, work more, in, we a couple work more steps in, we can work into hanukkah which is like ongoing at the moment well if independence day took place over eight days maybe <laughs> And eight crazy nights. The fighter jets held out for eight days. <laughs> we had eight days of missiles. I refuse to be on this part of the podcast. <laughs> Are you invoking your uh, your religious right to not participate? It's it's his right as an American. You, you guys referenced Adam Sandler, so I'm out for the next five minutes. <laughs> no, she referenced Adam Sandler. I didn't say a thing. I referenced Hanukkah. I referenced Hanukkah too. No, you specifically referenced a crazy night. <laughs> no, I'm now you say I... it too. So bye, bye. Wait, so I, wait, so I can't, I can't talk about it by saying somebody else talked about it. <laughs> That's like a senator being being. Uh, being called a racist for saying somebody else used the N-word. That's ridiculous. I don't know. I can't respond because I'm not participating for the next four <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds. Wait. Okay. So John is out for the next for the next four minutes and 30 seconds? He's abstaining. Okay. So, Karen, what do you want to talk about for the next four minutes and 30 seconds? Oh, my God. We have a lot of room to fill. Yeah, we do. I don't even fucking know. I mean, the, okay. N- real talk for a minute. The thing that I love about Independence Day more than... The any in the entire rest of the film is how well the music like fits like the the uh, action that goes on because it's very it's very Star Wars and it's very yeah. like sort of it's almost patriotic it's like it there's not really any patriotic themes in the score <clears throat> because the main score actually kind of sounds like the German national anthem but whatever Roland Emmerich's German and that's okay. Um, Did John Williams do the music for this? I, no, I, I think it was. Um, Oh, what's this? Oh, it was uh, David Arnold. Okay. The guy that used to do all the James Bond music. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Because I was going to say the um, it, the score sounded kind of John Williamsy, but yeah, you it's, know, it's it's very Star Warsy. Yeah, and there's a lot of different like sort of like smaller themes, and every character has their own theme, and there's like the love theme that goes on when right. Uh, Will Smith and his fiance meet, you know, come back together again, and uh, it's I don't know, it's it's a very classical kind of score, and and I can just like drive around listening to it and feel good about myself because that's just the kind of score this is, and maybe I'm being um, kind of a dork for saying that, but whatever, right. I enjoy it. So fuck y'all. What what if you're driving around listening to it and then like things start exploding around you? Well, if it's like the main trumpet theme. And it's and like it's just starting, and I can just drive it ninety miles an hour through everything and feel like a badass. That's perfect. But, if it's like the, the the spooky alien theme, well, that's that's gonna be a bad day, isn't it? What, but what if you're like, what if you're not the main character though? What if you're like one of the fucking other dudes? What, what if what if I'm Harvey Firestein? You're saying? What if you're a red shirt? Ooh. What if you're uh? What if you're his buddy uh, Jimmy? Oh, what if I'm Harry Connick Jr.? Yeah. There are worse fates than being Harry Connick Jr. Are there? I, <laughs> I mean, Harry Connick Jr. died doing what he loved. I, <laughs> what? Not being able to fly his ship? Ignoring Will Smith. <laughs> After proposing to him on accident? Yes, yes. Harry Connick's Jr. Harry Connick's Jr. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr.'s death in this movie is so sad <clears throat> because he's only in the movie for like five minutes, but like he feels like he should be the main character because he's so he's such a goof. And I get that he's that's that's his job is to be the comic relief, but right. the comic relief gets like I thought Will Smith was the comic relief. No, he's everybody's the comic relief basically. Everybody gets to be the jokester and the straight man at the same time. Yeah, exactly. This movie's all over the map. It really is. But Harry Connick Jr. in particular is, uh, he's very much sort of the jokester and to Will Smith's serious guy. And he kind of gets the worst death in the movie because he gets blown the fuck up. Well, a lot of people do. And also, like, choking to death on his own neck. Because he takes his mask off yeah. while he's trying to, like, turn the plane. And I don't know how, I don't know how jets work, <clears throat> but that does not look pretty. No. Although, um, speaking of people blowing the fuck up in planes, fucking, uh, what's his face? Randy Quaid. Holy shit, do we still not finish the plot of this movie? We, no, we've, like, finished it and then doubled back, like, three times. Yeah. Also, you, uh, you don't get to talk. No, your time is up. It's been up for, like, two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. I don't know. So, like, no, do we talk about how the movie ends, though? About how Randy Quaid just, like, like, yeah, Randy, Randy reverse Quaid. Dr. Strangelove's. Randy Quaid discovers their hidden weakness, which apparently is Randy Quaid. <laughs> Dude, Randy Quaid is horrifying looking. He is. With like, that... like, just in general, but in this movie, too. Yeah, with the green light on his face. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Jesus, this is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> no, Randy Quaid's uh, secret, not secret plan, he wasn't planning this all along. Yeah. <laughs> it was his... <laughs> he tries to fire a missile at the yeah. alien laser right before they, they fire it at Area 51. Which is a fun thing to say. You know, yeah. I'm serious. Did we actually finish the plot of this movie? Or did we give up around the time that Brent Spiner got killed? I think we gave up, actually. Okay, so what happens is is that uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum take the spaceship up into space, and it lands in the alien ship, and they give the alien ship a virus, which he gets that idea from his dad playing like the word association game, because his dad says, you'll catch a cold, and he's like, what if we gave the ship a cold? And that's what he, the idea to make a computer virus on his Mac. Which... 
I guess you can make viruses on a Mac easier than you can get viruses on a Mac. Yeah, I mean, Macs can yeah. get viruses just fine. It's just nobody wants to make a fucking virus for something with like 10% market share. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and then after that, then uh, all the fighter pilots get everyone who can fly a plane gets a plane, basically, including the president and Randy Quaid. And not just at Area Fifty One; like this is a whole worldwide thing. Everyone with a plane gets to have a plane. Even Japan, who, as far as I know, doesn't even have a military. Right. Yeah, they have like a. I think, as far as I know, they have like a peacekeeping force. You know, and is, that is. Does that, does that include planes? I'm not sure. They, they have got. They have Godzilla. Yeah, well, can, he can only do so much. Can Godzilla fly? He's like, he has a short dinosaur arms. Can can we get Godzilla to fly into? No, Mothra has to fly Godzilla into the space laser, and so just like is, deposit him. So there? it's like Godzilla. No, like, is Godzilla riding on Mothra's back, or is like is Mothra like holding like a? Oh, is he riding on like his a, back like the Neverending Story? Dude, no, Mothra is a is a giant moth. She's not, she's <laughs> not like super heavy. She would have to carry him. So I mean, she, like like with her legs. So like she's holding like a like a sling or something, and Godzilla's well, just oh, sitting no, in it. No, so she's she's carrying him instead, like uh, like the rescuers down under. Then like like the little boy at the beginning of the movie with the eagle. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like grabbing onto its talon, and or Mothra. <clears throat> she she like she like grabs him like under the armpits with her talons. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mothra's totally doing that to Godzilla. Shit. All right. And then Godzilla goes up into the space laser, and whatever Japanese for "Hello, boys, I'm back." <laughs> but first, before they do that, they have to, like, fly down to the, like, uh, fucking river and, like, skate across the water a little bit first, and then... Mm. It, it, you have to have a moment of majesty before you fucking save the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they start blowing up the ship, and they realize that, that since the shield is down, they're actually damaging the ship, just not very much. Right. And then it opens up the big laser, shoot Area 51, as you do, and they decide, oh, let's shoot the giant laser, because I've played Earth Defense Force 2017, and that's what you do when the spaceship opens up like that. <laughs> And, I um, played Star Fox 64 too. And so, <laughs> and then the only one left with the missile is Randy Quaid, but um, of course he's going to die because there was a scene earlier where he put a picture of his three kids in the airplane, and that means you die when you do that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's secretly revealed that he actually cares about his family, and that that was apparently his downfall. Yeah, <laughs> he should have just kept that shit bottled right I mean, up. Have you have you seen Top Gun? You don't put pictures of people in the airplane because then you either die or you have a nervous breakdown and quit the Air Force. Well, you put pictures of people in the airplane so that whoever finds the plane can take the pictures. Well, he wasn't even in the Air Force anymore. He was just a fucking volunteer at this no, point. I'm talking, I'm talking about fucking, like, Cougar from Top Gun. I know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm saying your analogy at this point falls apart when applied to uh, Randy Quaid. Well, your face falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> My whole body's falling apart. It's Randy Quaid's plane malfunctions. And he and just decides, okay, well, I'll just take the missile up there then. Yeah. I'll take it to him. <laughs> knock, knock. Guess take who? It it's Randy streets. Quaid with a missile. Have one. Oh, and God. And he blows the fuck out of the spaceship, and then they're like, oh, now we know how to blow them up, so Robert Loja, go tell everyone else. And they go tell everyone else through Morse code. Yeah, like 10 dudes on Morse code, like beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> they have, like, little, like, toy robots doing the Morse code. <laughs> Wait, I just thought of something now. I think they mentioned at one point that NORAD got blown the fuck up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the aliens just didn't know where Area 51 was to begin with. So that's why they didn't blow it up. Because it was a secret. Damn. It was like a good secret, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. They can blow up a fucking mountain, but they miss like, oh, it's a military base that's out in the middle of nowhere and nobody knows where it is because who the fuck wants to drive out to the middle of nowhere in Nevada? Right. In, in the extended version of the movie, 
when the aliens first show up and you see they're they're settling over all the cities of the world like washington and los angeles and new york and then the the you see the spaceship show up where randy quaid and his like trailer park kids are and his garbage pill kids but what's out there like where is that spaceship going you know are they actually like a couple miles outside of like tucson or or like phoenix or something or i just I always imagine that they're just out in like bullshit like burning man area California. i always assume that oh yeah were... we gotta blow that up no i mean the spaceship's on its way to los angeles <laughs> oh, oh oh okay that makes sense actually but yeah, let's, let's, fuck it let's blow up burning man too <laughs> i always assumed that um randy quaid's people were in like new mexico or something to begin with maybe maybe, maybe they were going to roswell Maybe they were going to try to find their their bros. Oh, maybe they knew somebody. Oh, okay. maybe oh, they, maybe, maybe the aliens read Wikipedia and they're just like, let's go blow up Alamogordo so they can't make more nuclear bombs. <laughs> yes. here's, here's another question that I was thinking of. So Washington D.C. Oh no, they went to blow up Taos because they're just tired of those fucking turquoise beads. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, D.C. has a limit to how tall their buildings can be. Mm-hmm. So. The aliens kind of naturally gravitate toward, like, tall buildings. So how did they know what to choose in D.C.? And why did they not blow up, like, the Washington Monument? That's true. Why did they know that the cool building to blow up would be the White House? I guess because it's the coolest looking building in D.C. Because the rest of the buildings are kind of... Well, the Capitol buildings... They blew up the Capitol, too. Well, They blew up Congress. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Mars Attacks. Yeah. The... Speaking of Mars attacks, the like the all the Oval Office sets in this movie were totally used in Mars attacks. Yeah, they should use them again. That was also Fox, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, and also American pre- like that was it Michael Douglas or American president? American yeah, president. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Recycle, reduce, reuse, kids. That's what Jeff Goldblum wants. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Save the world. But no, then the question still stands. Like, uh, I mean, I guess the aliens are using the satellite network to find information about people, so they know where the president of the U.S. lives. Maybe the, maybe the aliens have a copy of Encarta ninety six. They might, you know, for Mac. That's what that dude's. That's what that one alien's doing in the spaceship. He's just like playing that maze game. Yeah, and then the little for some reason Jeff Goldblum decided to program his virus with a skull and crossbones, going ah, ah, yeah, ah. with like a snaggle tooth. Yeah, you might as well put the fucking pirate from Archer on there. Yeah, do, really. Do they make Encarta for Mac? Because <laughs> that's what you got out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> Look, Bill Gates is not going to miss a fucking penny, okay? <laughs> I mean, they, make, they make Microsoft Word for Mac, so... Yeah. In, in 1996, did they make Encarta for Mac, No, though? I don't think they did. Encarta was specifically a Microsoft product. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Fine, maybe he's using Boot Camp, then. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Again. This is pre, pre-OS ten. They're aliens. They have OS ten. okay? They're from the future. Is that where it came from? Maybe the aliens are future humans. Okay, so so okay, so this is like an interstellar kind of thing then. Yes. So that's yes. just what we turn into? Well fuck. <laughs> oh my god. In, oh my god, I turned into my dad. Wait, <laughs> no, it's like the aliens are trying to to close the loop. That's why they came back. It makes sense now. It, it all makes sense now. So there's Area 51 is secretly the home of secret military uh, time travel technology. And somebody went forward too far. It's basically the return of V'ger from the Star Trek movie. If V'ger makes it to Earth, that's what's going to happen. So what if the, um, the aliens and the craft at Area 51 aren't 
things that crashed in 1947, but they were actually brought back in time Ooh. from the people that traveled too far and uh, forward. Oh, so they were the first specimens brought back from the test trials? Because, think about it, because this ship that's been there for like 40 years or however long. In pretty good, pretty damn good condition. And, it's, well, and, and it seems pretty improbable that the aliens that crashed here 40 years ago are the same ones that showed up now. No, but listen, it's it's been like 40 years and that ship that they've had sitting there that long, when they flew it back up, it is like on par with all the rest of the fucking ships. Yes. In the mothership. It fucking docks and it's just like the rest of them. It, I mean, yeah, it would it would be like driving like a a fucking Pinto into a a, a, a Maserati <laughs> dealership and saying, "Hey guys, what's up?" They're like, "What the fuck are you doing driving this piece of shit in here?" Right, exactly. So, like, <laughs> serious question: what what movie or book or whatever am I getting that whole the aliens are actually future humans from? That's it's either that Steven Spielberg movie AI or. That movie Interstellar that just came out. I think I'm getting it from AI then. You might be. Because isn't it supposed to be that at the end of AI when like the Earth freezes over and then the aliens like unthaw the robots and shit? The aliens are supposed to be like super evolved humans and or super evolved robots. Like not aliens, but the, the, the future versions of whatever we turn into. And I figure AI should have ended when he was underwater. Well, AI should have ended, you know after 10 minutes but whatever that's true <laughs> oh my god so i realize that it, talking about independence day is a little <laughs> dice, dicey nowadays because a lot of people like to uh like to harsh on my melt my buzz here and say that it's a piece of shit and you know it is a piece of shit it's a big piece of shit but i love it I'm the one, guys. I'm the one who loves Independence Day. You're harshing on your own buzz. It's a, it's a Roland Emmerich movie. It's an enjoyable piece of shit. It's a big goddamn piece of shit. It's so bad. But it's my piece of shit. I mean, like, look at White House Down. White House Down is a total piece of shit, but it is so fucking entertaining. Oh, that was such a fun movie. I loved it. Yeah, we we've gone we've gone to the the White House Down well a couple of times, and I think maybe yeah. next next July at Christmas we should just watch White House Down. Why not? Oh man, but. Uh, I do realize that Independence Day is kind of a turd, but for all of its turdiness, there are, you know, there are like music cues that I love and character moments and just really stupid lines of dialogue that are that just work for me. And put them all together and it makes one one big fun sort of tribute to like late 70s Irwin Allen disaster movies where everyone hates each other but they all come together to solve a problem and that's kind of that's kind of secretly my favorite kind of movie anyway. Yeah. Do you remember that story I linked you, or posted to you from IMDb about, and from the trivia page about Robert Loja? No. Uh, Robert, oh, yeah. Robert Loja wouldn't come out of his trailer for like three days because apparently the producer told him, you should go watch this movie. It'll give you an idea what we're doing here. And he meant to tell him airport. He told him airplane instead. <laughs> and Robert Loja was like, God damn it, I'm going to be in a fucking spoof. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, Robert Loja wasn't wrong. But on the other hand, I mean, it's a pretty apt comparison because, like, the, th the thing that makes Airplane work is that as silly as it is, they play it completely straight. Yeah. And that's kind of what he does here in Independence Day. Robert Loja and most everybody else, save maybe Will Smith, plays it totally, like, 100% straight. Like, they're, they're, it's not, like, jokey or there's no winking to the camera. Yeah. Especially from, like, the side characters like Robert Loja, who he's his job is to basically just play a general and say general things generally speaking 
but he does it well and he does it like with conviction of the conviction of a general and that kind of makes all the difference because if he was just like a jokey old fart piece of shit you know general with lots of like one-liners and shit it wouldn't be as entertaining because he's not playing a a believable character he's playing an actor who's telling jokes right know? right so i i think he was right to be a little upset but at the same time like he he and everyone else kind of nailed it also at the end of this movie could just go fuck itself for jeff goldblum quoting jurassic park oh come on like at, he that's basically his catchphrase he's sonic the hedgehog well in a matter of speaking gotta go fast mm-hmm Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Does he say must go faster in anything else besides Independence Day and Jurassic Park? I hope not. Do we need to like research this? I now? don't no, we don't. I don't think we do because I think the answer is no. I can't think of any other Jim Jim Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> movies were that he would say must go faster. Uh Jurassic Park two? <sighs> Maybe. Is Jim Goldblum his, like, estranged twin brother? Yeah, he's... Okay, serious question. What the fuck else was Jeff Goldblum in after Jurassic Park 2 that wasn't either Law & Order Criminal Intent or those Apartments.com commercials? Uh, he became one of Wes Anderson's buddies. He's yeah. In, like, all oh, he's Anderson in Life Aquatic, movies. that's right. Yeah. He's in Life Aquatic, he's in... Uh... He's fantastic in Life Aquatic. Yeah. Oh, he's in uh, fucking the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Budapest mm -hmm. Hotel. Yeah, 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 he is. Um, so yeah, he's kind of he's one of those guys basically. Okay. He he is he's in those weird those weird apartments dot com commercials, and I don't understand why. He's he's in um a lot of episodes of Portlandia, and he's pretty great in those as well. I see. I haven't seen any of Portlandia. Oh, it's funny. Those, those well. apartments dot com ads are kind of. I hate to give them so much credit, but when I first like started seeing them, I was like, "What is this?" dumb, goofy, Jeff Goldblum last-looking motherfucker, and I realized, oh, thank God, it's Jeff Goldblum playing a character, because I would totally want to murder this guy if he was a real person. The, the slogan always throws me off, because, like, so what does it, change your apartment, change the world? Yeah. No. Nobody in the history of ever has changed their apartment and made a difference in, in anyone's lives, except maybe their neighbors, by oh. making them move out, by being a loud piece of shit. Like, See, I'm right. Like, like move to a different apartment. I guess you have change. to. I guess like if you change apartments, then that gives you more room to what? make the next like iPad or something. Be the next Steve Jobs by getting a bigger apartment. Is that what Jeff Goldblum is saying? I guess so. Now, what if you change apartments and it really it turns out that your the guy who lives across the hall is actually Hitler, like literally Hitler. Oh hi! But, you you've just walked into a sitcom. But you're such a you're such a nice, compassionate, caring person that you kind of make Hitler mellow out a bit. So Donald Trump lives across the hall. No, Donald Trump is worse than Hitler. No, like, but Hitler mellows out, and suddenly he doesn't want to kill all the Jews. He just wants to kill all the communists, and everyone's okay with that back then. True, because even the communists were killing all the communists. Yeah. yeah. Um, I in that is this, sense, am I, I, am, I, am, I, am I like talking about like some Harry Turtle Dove book or something? What's the like, the Harry Turtle? Like you're talking about, like the future war, thing like all, all, where, all of the, like the what if Germany won World War Two entire series that he does, or what oh, if the yeah. South won the Civil War type thing? Uh, yeah. That's him, right? That's that's Turtle Dove, yeah, yeah. Maybe Harry Turtle Dove should write the novelization of Independence Day too. What if the aliens won, 
the first war against Earth. <laughs> there would be nothing because it would be a husk and they would have been long gone. It would be a short book. Yeah. And still somehow a New York Times bestseller. Oh, God. This would be a great idea for like a series now of just take a movie and then what if the other guy won? <laughs> like what if Ra's al Ghul blew up Gotham City? <laughs> What if the nihilists got their money at the end of the Big Lebowski? They would have bought more pancakes. Isn't this basically just like trying to give every movie the Wayne's World treatment? Yeah, this is... you say it like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, here's the bad thing. This is this is like the this is the end game for that how it should have ended YouTube channel. Oh God. Yeah. Maybe let's not. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> hey, where does this movie fall in the crankometer? Oh, I don't think we can use the crankometer for this one, can well, we? We we need an alternate. Um, we need an alternate uh, major then. We need. Well, I mean, where does this fall in? Like, so we have to have. It's got to be Will Smith. We right? have to. Have, we have to have quality and patriotism. I think are the two mm-hmm. things. Or look at with jingoism rather than patriotism. Yeah. Well, see, I was gonna. I was gonna suggest like on as because it's a Will Smith movie. <clears throat> And Will Smith kind of embodies is, is sort of like equal parts comedy and drama, so I was gonna say let's let's grade this on the Smith scale, equal parts patriotism and entertainment. Hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking Team America has to be factored in somewhere here because it's 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 a good like indication of one extreme of bullshit jingoism of like doing completely tongue in cheek, but it is total bullshit jingoism. Yeah, I mean, like it, you have to you have to feel like somewhere in the back of Trey Parker and Matt Stone's mind is like this, but just a tiny little bit unironically. Oh, I have no doubt in my mind that they 100 percent believe whatever they do. It's just they make a they make a very good show of showing they don't give a shit. Yeah. So I think t- like they are 100 percent like uh, what's the word? They're all in on what they're saying with Team America, but they're doing it with enough of a wink that. It sort of it sort of offsets how kind of awful it is. I guess is that the right? Am, yeah, I, am I getting there? Do you remember what the original plan for Team America was? The original plan for Team America was that they were they were going to buy the script for either it was either Armageddon or the day after tomorrow. It was Armageddon, and they were just going to literally do it with puppets. Yes, yes. <laughs> and somewhere along the way, they either couldn't get the script for Armageddon. They or, they couldn't get it because they said was it Michael Bay or Jerry Bruckheimer? Either one. They, they said they couldn't get it because Michael Bay was literally a giant turd, was their exact words. <laughs> I do remember reading an interview with them where they, they, uh, they talk about how they read the newspaper the day that uh, the day after tomorrow got sold to Fox, and they basically laughed about it for a week. <laughs> and they, they said they wanted to get that script and make that, like, and make that entirely like as an episode of South Park or like as a musical or something. And it basically turned into... Um, Team America. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I think, I don't know, we could, we could do a lot of, like, Trey and Matt movies on the, on the scale that we're doing with, uh, Independence Day. Whatever we want to call it. I think it has to rhyme with Crankometer, is the thing. What's a... The Yankometer? The yes, the Yankometer, yes. The... God, <laughs> God, perfect! <laughs> And the metrics here, the X and Y axis, patriotism and entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So how patriotic is Independence Day? Pretty. America I mean, fixes the world. So. I mean, the, that, the one speech. The, the president literally himself fixes the world. So Yeah, he fucking gets into a fighter plane. 
himself. Yeah, he does. And he, he makes that he makes that awesome speech. Yeah. The the speech they, they literally used to get the right to use the ter- the title Independence Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, quick aside here. Was Bill Pullman Lone Star? Yes. Okay. That's where I organized that shit eating fucking smug grin from. Yes. Okay. Literally that and from nothing else. Yeah. So based on Bill Paxton, Pullman's, uh, <laughs> Bill Paxton, damn, I did it again. Speech. Like that's a solid five right there. I mean, you, you don't get any more patriotic than that. Yeah. Like the only way he could be more patriotic is if he punched an alien and then flexed afterwards and he had a tattoo of the American flag on his bicep a la right. Street Fighter. Yeah. And much. I while, mean, while shooting a machine gun into the air, you know, and an armed forces member already like earlier in the film did punch an alien. So pretty much that you were partially there. I, I'm going to say let's give it a four because it could go further. It could actually have more to do with the 4th of July. Than there there, saying, there than could just... be more like there could be more <laughs> trappings. Added. There could be more American flags, yeah. yeah. They could have found out that the aliens' weakness were those little hen-laying and egg firework things. <laughs> what about those ones that are called golden showers? I like those. Are those stupid little, like, ash snakes? Uh, no, they're they're like little boxes that, uh, they're like, like the shitty, like, non-fireworks that you can buy yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they're... It's called Golden Shower. <laughs> oh, I was, I was talking about something different. <coughs> You're talking about peeing on people. No, no. <laughs> yes. No, I was talking about those little, like, those little, uh, I don't know what you call them, like, mm-hmm. uh, little nubs. You, you set up, you, you light right. them, and they just, like, spiral out and do, like, a little mm-hmm. snake, and that's it. That's called, those yeah. are called snakes. Sna- they're just yeah. called snakes? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but no, what I'm talking about is, like, a little box, and it's got the stuff in it, and you light, light it on fire, and it just, like, shoots sparks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the South, where we're never allowed to have anything fun. Yep. <laughs> All so, right. So we want to say, yeah, like a three, four, somewhere around there. Because on, on the Yang, on the 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 patriotism axis, on the America axis, the Mer- America axis. I think what we do is 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 the X axis is America or Christmas Eve. Yes, you're right. You're right. So four there, yeah. and then quality. I yes, because it's X for Xmas and Y for yes. This is yes. This is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So quality access. I'm going to at least give it a three, but I know it's, I maybe shouldn't. It's not a good movie, but it is an entertaining movie. So it's good at being entertaining. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yes. So I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna say a three. I would say a two. I'll say a two. <laughs> you guys suck. Sorry. Well, okay, but I can live with that. That's that's gonna put it right there on our Yankometer. Brand new, patented today. You heard it here first. Original character, do not steal. Do not steal. Um. So, uh, guys, is this gonna be a yearly tradition for us? Uh, I think so. I think it. I think it has to be. Gotta be. It was too much fun watching in the middle of all of this holiday you know gobbledygook like we're actually i'm kind of drowning in it right now yeah I, you know my christmas lights are up and it's cold out and my family's like is like beating down my door to make sure i go buy christmas presents for everybody i bought and some candy canes it was just nice to sit down and watch not a christmas movie yeah and i'm glad it was independence day because i'm a fan not another christmas movie yes <laughs> <laughs> well 
Uh, that was Independence Day. This is, has been uh, July at Christmas. I have enjoyed it immensely, and I think we're going to do it again next year. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, hey, you guys, in six months, let's do Christmas in July. We'll see. We will see. Uh, yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled uh, Christmas creep next episode. Next episode. No, not at all. Next, all, next episode is a special episode. Well, ne- the next episode is a special episode because I, I believe it's actually going to be our Christmas episode. Yeah, but nobody knows about that. No, we, we are totally going to do something special for Christmas for our... Our three listeners yes. who have downloaded our show a hundred times each. Thank I was going to say so our singles of listeners. Thanks, Brad, if you're out there listening. Oh, We miss you. But uh, come on back right around Christmas, I believe, and we'll have a new episode ready for you, just for just for you for the holidays. Uh, until then, you know where to find us on the internet. We're at christmascreeps.com, where we don't post a whole lot until unless we have an episode to uh, to to give you. But if you want to talk at us, uh, we are on Facebook, just facebook.com/christmascreeps. You can find us easy, easy with the search where the skull with the candy cane crossbones. Wearing a Santa hat. Wearing a Santa hat. Uh, we're on Twitter at Christmas Creeps, wearing two Santa hats right now. <laughs> and you can email us any questions, comments, and or uh, movie suggestions at xmascreeps at gmail.com. All those places you can uh, get at us. We are on the internet and we are waiting. We're standing by for your calls. <laughs> Call so, me now for your free Christmas creep. We will be back to creep again another day. Also, uh, get, you know, find us on iTunes and give us a rating and a star review and all that fun stuff. We, we love star reviews, and we, I think we only have one right now still, so go do that. Make, it, make that your Christmas gift to us. Uh, good night, guys. And uh, John. What? Didn't I promise you fireworks? Did you? Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.